Listening to the Reba Show, home ownership here from the experts, live from Fishbowl Studios in Bedford, Texas. I'm your host, Salvador Villalobos. Co-hosting with me today is Alex Ruiz. Hey, Alex, you didn't say you're the co-host again. I'm co-hosting with <laughs> Sal <good>. today, <laughs> <laughs> and every day forward. So today we are honored to have Eric Caravello. Uh, he is a realtor expert in uh, ur- uh, rural uh, properties such as farmettes ranches and um, farms so why what is the show today what's the show today the show today is so you you're tired of city living and now you want to go into the country so I want to switch it up switch it up a little bit so welcome Eric well I want to thank you all for inviting me today it's a great honor this is actually my first podcast so all right thank you all we'll be we'll be uh, we won't make you nervous <laughs> yeah it'll be fine we're just having a conversation so uh, as your guest uh you know i work for texas tech realty i have a look a little bit over a year as a branch and farm realtor and i finally found a way to make my passion into a job okay great Very cool. so what is your passion my passion is farm and ranch and not just you know on real the real estate side uh, my grandpa has a 80 acre ranch in corsicana and i like to help him a lot uh, we have uh, two yearlings that we're in currently in the process to uh, help them grow bigger and stronger so we can put them in events. As, a, as well, we have uh, one gelding as well. Mm-hmm. What is a gelding? A gelding is a uh, mature horse, mom. Right. Basically. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to be in that environment. I like to uh, be in environments where it's mostly uh, more rustic, more western. Okay. I like my favorite place is actually the Wool Rogers Coliseum. I like going to equine events there, uh, but yeah, surrounding myself around those environments are like makes me happy. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Very cool. So then your 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 concentration or your focus is more on rural properties um, because it's your passion. Yes. So uh, you know, uh, one thing I, I did notice when I was actually doing normal properties that you see in the city, Dallas, Fort Worth, is that I never actually liked it. I was just going through obligation. And from one listing I had in Corsicana, actually a buyer in Corsicana, that actually gave me the opportunity to look at big uh, parcels of land. Okay. Gave me the opportunity to actually walk the land, know, actually tell, educate them on what is happening with land, how many trees there are, restriction deeds, and that gave me the fuel to actually transition into ranch. So you can say you cut your teeth with uh, city properties, but then you progress to your rural properties. Yeah, you can say that. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Hey, you know, they say you need to do what you love, right? So you, oh, you, know, you can always find, not everybody's fortunate enough to, to do that. So congratulations that you discovered that at a young age. Yeah, especially if the people that you meet. The people that I usually meet are people who are like looking to make for new start, looking to uh, build a business, for mm-hmm. example, like new houses. Right. And being in that environment where people look to you for advice is like right. great. That's fantastic. That's awesome, man. You know, one thing I did want to mention was, uh, are you originally from Texas? Tell us about you know, where you're at now. And um, I, would, I know you we were following the passion, but you know, tell us about yourself as well. So uh, I'm originally from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, my family's from Chihuahua, Mexico. Cuauhtémoc, cool. uh, Chihuahua. Uh, they came here uh, approximately like 20 years ago. Uh, my grandparents are originally from Mexico too. Uh, my uncle's from Fort Worth, uh, born here. So uh, 
Uh, I'm basically like pocho. Uh, pocho. Like <laughs> yeah. Hey, real quick question. Yeah. Do you guys know how to make Chihuahua cheese? Just no, no, <laughs> no. Just kidding. We, we get you. Uh, we get cheese from Chihuahua. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I had a, actually a client, client to uh, get uh, queso pampas, and we brought it all the way over here. Oh, I didn't mind. It's, yeah, it's good know, stuff. It's, it's great. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, I know you said that you you like to be involved in the entire uh, the empire. You know, the entire system of you know buying and selling in this. So. Um, you also do some bull riding. We looked you up a little bit. So tell us about that um, and how you like that. So, um, you know, I went to a lot of PBRs. I always wanted to ride a bull. PBR and, for our clients. Uh, our professional bull riding. All right. Uh, it's, it's great. Uh, I remember when I was like 15 years old, I was doing a little moves with it. I didn't know what I was doing, but, I, you know, I was like, I could hold on to any bull. Uh, just this year in February was when I made the leap to actually go and bull ride. I went to a school up in uh, Gainesville, Texas, right. uh, called Gary Salufu's uh, Bull Riding School, and uh, it was a great school. I wish I learned a lot more. When you're on a bull, you, you know, I don't think you're <laughs> thinking too much, you know. For sure. <laughs> it's all instinct, for sure. You get a lot of tunnel vision, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to get away from that uh, perception of just, like, looking forward and actually looking ahead of a bull. Uh, right now, my goal for next year is to actually in a rodeo wow very that's cool fantastic so what got you interested besides being uh, involved with your entire family uh, as a family business as a family uh, passion uh, did you study anything regard besides bull riding <laughs> so right now I'm into equine studies right okay. now I'm finishing up my basics in UTA and once I am I'm going to Weatherford College or UTA okay that's between those two. so what kind of studies is that it's basically just a uh, general anatomy and the uh, basically everything about horses. Basically, that's a bit of su a summary of it. So, like a specialist of, of yes. horses. Yes. So you could technically like a veterinarian or. Yeah, as uh, I'm looking to uh, specifically train to train horses uh -huh. and for competition and for myself. So there's a whole art to that then. Yeah, there's a, a little science. Niche, so there's right? a science to it. There's so. a science. A little niche in a niche. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, tell us a little bit about the properties that say I'm I'm in the city I'm looking to buy a get some land buy a house you know take it slow or work from home because now you know most people can work from home and they may not like the the pace of the city and they want something uh, a little slower what would you recommend or how would they start so what I recommend every client is starting with a a little conversation, knowing what they want to do and what they're going to use the property for. Because there's a lot of people that want a ranch, but don't know what comes of it. Uh, what I've noticed in a lot of new construction with two acres is learning how to landscape. You know, a lot of people don't uh, bring into account that their little push mower is not going to mow two acres. It right. Zero turn at most. Right. And uh, that, that's what comes with it. Uh, but yeah, starting with a little conversation, talking about what their, their needs are, how many, what they're looking for, are they actually looking for a ranch or are they just looking for a home? That's happened a couple of times where they see the responsibility is a bit too much. Uh, but and the expense, I imagine, too. Say you need to irrigate the land, too, right? Yeah. So <laughs> those, those are all things you don't think about, right? You, you see the dream, right? You're like, this is what I want. And then once you take, a, you take the first step forward, I think that's where the education comes in and talking to an expert 
um, to kind of get a, a you know the bird's eye view of what exactly this all entails. So, so tell us a little bit more of what does it entail it's for those buyers or those homeowners or buyers that are looking to go out to the country. Say, I'm you're saying identify what you want to do. So, what comes with say the responsibility of buying a farmette or a farm or a ranch? So. If we define the ranch, it's, uh, it's mostly taking care of animals. Okay. So that's more of a full-time responsibility than a part-time. Uh, what I admire my grandpa a lot is that every single morning he goes, every single morning and afternoon he has to go feed the animals. Okay. And that, that's just not putting, putting out pasture and just letting them eat. This is actually putting medicine into them, checking if they have any cuts, checking their hooves, if they have any nails, because that could lead to infection and that could affect the whole hide. So it's just those little things that people don't know. But it doesn't mean they don't. They shouldn't know. Right. It's not something a barrier, but more of a learning experience or an expense because they may have to hire somebody to come in. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's exactly. A lot more if you don't know. Right. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. But a little bit more is just uh, after we do a little conversation, it's just getting a pre-approval, and that's just you know to tell you, hey, this is how much you you could afford, and so they don't look at properties that they that they can't uh, see or afford basically <laughs> I repeated myself a little bit but no uh, this uh, this entwine gives them the opportunity to actually look at things that they could afford uh, look at their options and once we have that we actually look at properties that we like uh, before any property that we, that we go to look at I do a little analysis tell them what's good with property what issues might arise Mm -hmm. uh, for ag exemption, it's very important that we get back. Ag exemption, what is that? So ag exemption is basically a little, evalu uh, it's more a, a special evaluation than an exemption. Okay. It gives you more of a tax break than anything. Okay. And it's very important that you know what it is before you buy the property. Okay. If it is ex ag exempt and you, you're not using it for the right stuff, which is, for example, if you're going to host, if you're going to grow crops or if you're going to have cows, cattle, bees, whatever, whatever animal. Uh, so is ag agricultural? Agricultural, yes. The type of agricultural property that you'll be purchasing? Or so you get an exemption if you have animals or if you grow certain crops, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So each property has a, uh, basically you could do a file for ag exemption. Not all properties will qualify, will qualify for it. Okay. But but once that do, you have to, uh, yeah, I recommend talk to the county's appraisal, make sure everything's okay. And uh, basically you'll get this little code that's, that you can use at uh, your local farm, farmer's market, you know, to get tax uh, write-offs. Okay. Uh, but yeah, just a little bit, uh, I feel like it's something that a lot of people overlook and should look more into. Because if they do not use the property for those things, let's say if you buy a property that was uh, made for cattle, and you don't have any cattle in there, you, you, you could uh, basically get rollback taxes, which which that is is basically the city getting back all the taxes that you got tax-free, right. which wow. no one wants. Right. So Nobody wants that. <laughs> I, a few years back, about 15, oh, no, 20, 20 22 years ago, not 15, <laughs> I wish, I was looking at uh, properties 20 acres or more, and everybody was telling me, you need to buy... If you're doing that, you need to look. Uh, you need to have at least one, one uh, steer or one cow uh, per seven acres. I think something like that. Otherwise, you're going to get those rollbacks. So you don't have to have an entire. Is that correct? You don't have to have entire herd, or can you just have one of? Well, and a follow-up to that is is 
I'm sure it's like if every county a little bit different yeah. when it comes to that. Okay. Uh, that was, uh, basically, every county has their own regulations. That's why that it's very important to get a lender in both areas. Because uh, a definition for an ex exemption could be different for Belfort, and it could be different for Course Canada. It just matters about that county. If you get someone specifically for that area, that will be a lot better than just using someone who's more generalized. So are you, look, are you talking about a lender that does regular home financing, or are you looking or talking about a lender that, de, uh, that dedicates themselves to doing agricultural financing or ag financing? Depends on the home that you're looking for. If you're looking for a normal 3 and 2 and it's a rule, you could go with your normal lender. Okay. But if you're looking for uh, a home with some acreage, that's going to entail a bit more uh, variables. It's going to entail that, like, with bigger properties, there's tractors, fences, uh, places to hold cattle, uh, outdoor arenas, a lot of thing that, things that go into those. Uh, but that's why I recommend, like, uh, a lender from Ag Credit, uh, farm and Ranch Ag, just basically uh, rent, uh, credit bureaus that focus just on that. Right. So most importantly, not having just the right lender, but having the right real estate professional that knows this information up front. Absolutely. Because most of my challenges are when they use a, an agent that is not specialized in that type of, uh, not just that, uh, but other types of specialized uh, properties. And then there's things that arise during the process that may impact the buyer or the seller in negatively. So always always go with the professional that knows that area so that you don't have these delays so right. you don't have this additional cost or these you know disillusionments that you know you couldn't go forward because you didn't have the right approval you didn't have the right information so thanks for everything you're sharing yeah plus that you know like uh, a lot of things that we that one to four houses you know uh, normal uh, single family houses don't deal with is restrictions uh, maybe out there in Weatherford, you're seeing new construction have has been restrictions, uh, stricter restrictions, uh, restricting you on the build of the house, how big it could be, the percentage of masonry that has to be on the house. There's a lot of things that go into it. And with those restrictions, with land, uh, what you're seeing, like more rural you're going, there's going to be less restrictions. But the closer to the city you're going, the more restrictions it's going to push. Now, let's say that you build 15 miles from the nearest city and then the city sprawls out within five miles. You're somewhat grandfathered in, or is that also uh, is, uh, to the, what restrictions you were when you purchased the home, or do they also um, change for, for the, the, re the long-time resident, or is it per county, per township? It really depends on the county, but okay. if, let's say if, some, if uh, you're basically all land and uh, the city comes to you, you know, restriction changes are going to come, but that, that's just like, that's, that's, uh, when they do come, they're going to notify you about the changes that are going to happen in the area, mm -hmm. and most likely if all the noise that's going to come, you're probably going to move even away. Right. But, but if, if that's if you have land, but if you have land and you built on that land after... Do you have some kind of protection there, or it's still up to that individual municipality? It's up to that individual if they want okay. to move or not. Uh, if 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 it's up to the county, that's because of his own change. Okay, very good. So we're going to take a quick break. We're here with Eric Carvar Carvel. Carveo. Carveo. All right. I want to say it in Spanish. So all right, we're going to catch you on the flip side of this break. 
Hey, this is Sal. And this is Val, host of the Reba Show, Home Ownership Hear It From The Experts. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesdays at 2 to 3 p.m. from the Fishbowl Radio Network Studios at Globe Like Park in Arlington, Texas. Log on to hear from industry experts such as realtors, loan officers, title agents, and other real estate-related professionals who will provide you important information if you're looking to buy your first home or if you're looking to sustain your current home. So be sure to log on each week on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. to catch the Reba Show. Saludos, soy Olga Ríos de Riva Show. Sintonícenos en español cada tercer martes del mes de 2 a 3 de la tarde. Desea obtener información sobre la compra de una casa o retención de su actual vivienda? Tendremos invitados especiales expertos sobre una diversidad de temas en bienes raíces, tales como financiación hipotecaria, asistencia de enganche, cómo mejorar su crédito y demás temáticas. Así que únete a nosotros. Conéctate a Riva Show en español cada tercer martes de 2 a 3. Los esperamos. Hi, I'm Sal. I'm the host of the Reba Show, Home Ownership, here from the experts on the Fishbowl Radio Network every Tuesday from 2 to 3. I've been a loan officer for the past 25 years. And I'm Val Garcia. I've been a real estate broker for the last 10 years, and I'm co-hosting. Saludos, I'm Olga Rios. I have experience in real estate investments for the past 11 years and have served my community as a realtor for nearly five years. Here on the Reba Show, we'll be bringing you information if you're looking to sustain your home, looking to purchase a home, or if you're trying to prepare to buy a home. On the Reba Show, we'll be bringing you experts every week in all aspects of real estate, everything from home warranty companies to loan officers to home inspectors to help guide you along the way. So no need to fear. We are here to provide a wealth of information for you. Join us Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Saludos, soy Olga Ríos, anfitriona de Riva Show en Español. Sintonícenos cada tercer martes del mes a las 2 de la tarde. Mi familia ha invertido en bienes raíces por los últimos 11 años y yo he servido a mi comunidad como agente inmobiliaria por casi 5 años. Desea obtener más información sobre el proceso de la compra de una casa o cómo sostener su actual vivienda? Les invito a que participen, a escuchar de nuestros invitados especiales que son expertos en bienes raíces. Nuestros expertos le guiarán y contestarán sus preguntas sobre asistencia financiera sobre los gastos de costos de cierre o de enganche y también sobre escrituras, inspección de casa, seguros de casa, Toda la información que usted necesita para tomar una decisión informada. Le invitamos que nos sintonice cada tercer martes del mes a las 2 de la tarde. Aquí le esperamos. On the Reba Show, every Tuesday at 2, we will highlight a special Reba member. This member will share how they were able to help someone just like you achieve your dream of home ownership. They will share with us their secrets to serving. Join us Tuesday at 2 for our member spotlight. Are you very close to qualifying for a home mortgage but not quite there? Then you may qualify to receive free help increasing your credit score. For more information, visit the Reba website, www.hrebaconnect.org. Click on Project Echo.
Hey, this is Sal. And this is Val, host of the Reba Show, Home Ownership, Hear It From The Experts. You're listening to the Reba Show, Home Ownership, Hear It From The Experts, live from Fishbowl Studios in Bedford, Texas. My name is Salvador Villalobos, your host. Co-hosting with me today is... Co-hosting with... uh, I am Alex Ruiz. Hey, Alex. And our guest today is Eric. Eric is explaining to us the ins and outs of buying a rural property when you are looking to get out of the city, looking to slow down the pace a little bit, which doesn't sound like it's a little slow. It's a lot more work than people give it uh, credit. So Eric, continue. Tell us, uh, continue telling us about yourself. So yeah, uh, like I was saying, uh, I bull ride for fun. For fun, right now. <laughs> uh, soon I'll be in the rodeos competing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of bull rider friends I met from school and from uh, Nat's Ranch, which is in Mansfield. Okay. I met so many many amazing people there, and uh, it's a good way to communicate with people uh, about real estate as well. Uh, you know, they they support me, which is nice. That's always and, nice. And they support my content, which is even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just going off uh, on a tangent, just uh, you know, what my goal to do with real estate is to help people get into homes. Okay. And uh, if if that means them buying the first property, or them buying the first ranch, mm-hmm. or them buying a uh, a fifty acre ranch, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, all that matters is that they start building generational wealth and get away from renting. Because most of the people that I have countered and how I how they approach me is at a uh, stage of get me out of the situation I'm in. My fam- most of my family is coming from renters, not passing anything down to them. It's not a bad thing, but you know, especially how the world is right now, you know, you're, you know, <laughs> you're trying to get something for themselves. Right. And that's something that we do here as an organization. Yeah. We're uh, the Re- uh, REBA, Hispanic Real Estate Brokers Association, and our mission is to um, uh, pr- provide financial education or financial literacy to low and to, uh, to the low and moderate income community. So um, just because our name has says has Hispanic in it, it's not just for Hispanics; it's for everybody, everybody in the listening, uh, with an earshot. And um, so I'm glad that you know you're aligning to to our mission. So I didn't know that. So that's fantastic. Yeah, especially you know. When I, I was actually talking to a coworker earlier, and she, and she was trying to give me some tips on what to say, and uh, you know, she gave amazing points and gave me some like a different perspective on things. Uh, what what she said was basically uh, what I said before, you know, uh, talking about how ma- the majority of uh, our culture, let's say, are coming from you know from a, basically the bottom. They're coming with nothing, coming with. Uh, if they do come with something, it's not really that much, right. and they just grind themselves up to a point where uh, they don't know a lot. There's, there's not the education system that educates them on the next steps, and that's where I think where y'all come in and to educate them to get their first property, to get their first home, to develop uh, generational wealth. And that happens. I mean, that right. that is uh, that doesn't happen with uh, immigrants coming from other countries. It comes from within our own city because. Unfortunately, they don't teach financial literacy in our schools, so kids only emulate what they see. So if they're only seeing renters, that's the mindset that they're going to have. So when uh, we talked about this a few times, our kids are our soundboards. I mean, they whatever you say to them, they're saying it back to you. And I, uh, I didn't think they're listening, but they are, and I'm 
pleasantly surprised. Oh no, abs- absolutely, man. They yeah. definitely do listen. Um, I, I mean, I told Sal this story, but I was talking about my son and uh, his his uh, buddy on their way to school. He was talking about um, a really nice car that he wanted to buy in the future. And my son's like, oh, I really don't care about cars. I'm like, I actually want to build wealth through through buying homes. And right. I, I almost slammed on the brake. I'm like, right. whoa, this kid is actually listening. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that I think our the younger our generation and the younger generations are are learning sooner. And, and they're not too young. They're not. You may think they're very young. They're not. I mean, you can kids are listening at four years old and five years old. I've gotten some stories of my daughter the same way. Just threw me back, and she's like, Dad, can I? borrow i'm like we don't borrow money <laughs> and she's like well okay can i'm like what do you need to buy and she's like well you have that money well i don't want to use my own money what why not because i want to buy a building she's five years old she's or five six years, years old. old what does she know about <laughs> but she's listening to the conversations she's listening to those conversations so you're never too young and i mean we're just two people out of many people that are producing uh go-getters and that's why we're here. We're here to promote that to other communities, to all the communities, so that their kids can have that mindset, so we can help those parents get that mindset. And it can be a parent that's 70 years old. I've helped people in that age group buy their first home when they thought it was never possible. Alex has you know, been writing, and I think you've done a few, because uh, you, you were a realtor before, right? Yes, yeah, so I was a realtor, you know, and I mentioned that while I was growing up in, uh, in Chicago, and um, yeah, but we get an opportunity to help so many people, and and that's the exciting part. And now being in the insurance business as well, you get to see from every age group, every demographic, right. um, and how they're getting into buying homes. And I'm really impressed. I, I didn't even think of it, you know, because we're all so busy with city properties about the rural properties. I thought of it for myself, but I didn't think for it for my other clients until recently. So thank you for coming in. Thank you for for bringing them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no problem, man. So tell us a little bit more. Uh, so what should the financing part of it, How do, what do they typically have to come in with when they want to buy a ranch or a farmette or a, uh, or a farm or vacant land? So uh, it really depends on the person who's trying to buy okay. and what their needs are. You know, if they want to buy a vacant land, it, most of my buyers are just coming with straight cash. But another avenue, you know, if they want to finance, is going through a uh, a land lender, uh, for example, or someone who specializes. It. it doesn't need to be specialized, but it would be better if they did. Right. Okay. And uh, you know, what you're seeing around there is going to put around like 15 to 20 percent, just because of the risk. And that's their like down payment. Yeah, that they w- okay. Yeah. That's on uh, ag loans or on regular loans. On, I mean, you know, regular financing homes. On regular land loans. So okay. basically, you're putting about 15 to 20 percent down on that property and that's just a bigger risk for, uh, for the bank because we're not getting anything in return it's just vacant land mm-hmm. but then again that's a new opportunity for them to build whatever they want right so I, I from most if you're using a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac loan uh, for uh, vacant land they typically don't do that or FHA you, um, you need to go to a, like a community bank and I've known them to uh, ask for as much as if it's just vacant land undeveloped land I've heard them to ask as much as 40, uh, 35% or 40%. Have you seen that? Uh, personally, I haven't seen that high of a down payment, mm-hmm. but I, I believe it's it's there, especially if the right with us. You know, if you're that type of person, you're going to get that type of down payment, right. because of the risk. 
but usually you'll just see around 15 to 20 percent just for like vacant land. Okay. okay. That's just the usual for that. All right. Good, good. Very cool. Let's go buy some vacant land. <laughs> <laughs> As well, uh, going on back to that, you know, like uh, social media is pretty big. You know, you can learn a lot through, uh, through the internet and social media. That's like I was going to add that when y'all were talking about your kids. You're getting a lot of it from y'all as well as as YouTube. You know, YouTube mm -hmm. has been great. Uh, that's where I uh, got a lot of my information on financial literacy. I was actually planning on you know just doing uh, normal work until I learned how to you know, actually manage my money, and that's something I recommend uh, anyone listening to this or anyone you know uh, who shares this to know that there's a lot of avenues that you could go to learn about uh, financial literacy. Thank you. So, what what should you know when you're buying a a ranch or a, a farm or a farmette? I mean, what are some of the pitfalls that, besides the expense, besides the ag exemption, what else should somebody be on the lookout? So, my my main guidance: take care of your cows. That's that's your main priority. So. Uh, so basically, you don't want a land that will flood. You know, if there's a river next uh, next to that land, you don't want it, all the water from a river to go on your land. Uh, that goes with crops as well. You don't want your crops to be flooded. So topography is one of the most important things I strive for my clients, because uh, and they know that too from uh, their experiences, from uh, their parents and all that. Because most of our uh, parents come from like farm backgrounds. Okay. So uh, another thing that we should focus on is mineral rights. Mineral, air, and uh, surface rights. So it's like a bit of a pyramid. So uh, what mineral rights is, is basically any like oils or any any metals that are on the ground. So Metals like gold and iron and... Yeah. You know, if you're playing Minecraft, you know. <laughs> yeah. No lava, though. You don't want lava. <laughs> but that's very important because uh, what I've been seeing, especially mineral wells, you know, it gets that name. Mm -hmm. you're, I have a client actually looking up there, and what most of the land you're going to see there is it's going to be all, uh, all the properties are going to have reserved mineral rights, which basically means the owner who's selling that property is going to keep that right to keep the minerals. So that doesn't mean they could go on your property to mine whenever they want. That just means, you know, if there is anything of value, that's theirs, not yours. And I know a lot of people want to have that right. So that's something very important to look at. Is that well. another cost? I mean, you can negotiate that, but that would be at a, at a much higher cost to the land. Yes. And, and that, is that usually financed into the loan, or do they have to come out of pocket to buy that? So that's going to be out-of-pocket expense. That doesn't involve being in the loan. Oh, but wow. something to uh, to look at in that is usually in... Uh, well, you know, usually in areas that don't know too much about mineral wells, they'll just do it just because, you know, it's something else they, they can keep. But usually you'll keep the mineral rights, but there's some occasions that, you know, the owner wants to keep them because they believe that there's something down there or just want to keep, like, what's, if there's potentially something there. Just but they can never just Just go, in case, right? right. <laughs> yeah. But they can never go in onto your land and say, well, what if there is a goal, you know, a, a, is there oil strike? Uh, you know, two two um, two uh, farms down, and you're like, well, there's probably oil there. Can the previous owner have some kind of imminent domain on that on their property? So uh, that's where surface uh, rights come in. You know, okay. that's where you're you're going to see more crops. You're going to see more of your property. Uh, but talking about mineral wells, uh, it just really, really, really matters what you put in the contract and what provisions you set up. 
if you put provisions where they could go on your property no matter what, any easements where they could drive on your property, see what's under there, put a big uh, oil rig in there. It's, it just really depends on what you, uh, which provisions you set out for yourself or what the seller uh, puts out. All right, so that's very important to have an expert. Yeah, very important. But I would even recommend, well, not even, even recommend, I will mandatory get a lawyer oil lawyer 100% to write up a contract that benefits you and the seller. Especially in this market where it's cooling down, you need that 100%. Okay. Uh, right. But yeah, surface rights, you're talking about crops and land, etc. That's that's what you're going to own. Uh, I don't think a lot of people will negotiate on that or you right. can even negotiate. But air rights, you're talking about airplanes going uh, over your head and all that. Air, aerospace. Uh, that's your unit and uh, what's called uh, uh, wind, windmills and all that. Okay. Uh, you know, telephone antennas. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't include that. <laughs> it's just anything that that's old school. So. <laughs> no, I'm saying because you can make a hundred thousand dollars if it's positioned in the right place. <laughs> uh, we actually have a. Uh, we actually have one in uh, Mexico. My parents actually own a parcel of land, and they mm -hmm. get like checks every month. So right. Oh, from way. that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a good way to get money. So, <laughs> uh, but talking, uh, you know. But is that included in the air rights or no? Or I is that surf? Okay. I, I don't know that much. Okay. About that. But I, I could research it. Uh, as well, water rights. Um, mm -hmm. So basically, there's, uh, there's something very important to know about ponds. You know, that's your water because it's on your land. Nothing flows out. Nothing, nothing flows in. Uh, did y'all know that uh, a acre, a big pond gets uh, twenty thousand dollars in value to the land? Oh wow! I had no idea. Regardless I, of the size. It, but yeah, it's basically you just basically estimate how you know mm -hmm. like if it's smaller, you just estimate on. That. Okay. But ponds are very important when you're having land wow. because uh, that's where your cattle will feed. You know, you maybe even fish. When birds fly in, we're leaving uh, nutrients in the water, and it's it's growing. Basically, it's bringing stuff to. The pond. It's almost like a, fer a fertilizer for your if you're watering from there. Yeah. Is that right? So that's gonna having one is gonna enhance yeah the property. So uh, as well, you can have also man man-made but that's not going to last if you know you're facing a severe drought okay. uh, another thing to focus on is you know if you're having a river that flows in your property you you don't have the right to use it you have to ask for the rights to for who to who do you ask the rights the the state or yeah, the, the city state. the state okay so the state basically asks you have to ask the state to use fair water because that's flowing through your property so that's something. Why don't you say you can. your prop your water's flowing through my property? You got to pay me. No. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, but it's necessary, especially there is state, especially in Colorado where the state owns the rainwater that's falling down. You can't even collect rainwater in Colorado, so that's something to you know. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Look at that. You know, you're losing rights left to right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, that's something very important to know about your rights on your property. Uh, How about private roads? Private roads. Yeah. You got your. That's uh, basically your easement. Property. Okay. So basically, same thing with the uh, with the oil. You're going to have a little provision what they can use. Usually, it's at the uh, at the uh, end of your property. You're going to have a little road for them to go into it. It just matters where your uh, the land is. If they have to cross your property to go to their land, you know. You have to have some kind of agreement, I imagine. Yeah. And Something that's set forth for. Infinity? Yeah, I think I think your neighbor has to be very nice to you. Right. <laughs> very nice. That's a good neighbor, right? right. <laughs> so that's good. A lot of great information. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not even done. And there's <laughs> a lot, man. That's there's a lot. lot. Uh, we need a two. We need a two. Hour we need a part two. We need a two-hour show. We need a part two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we're 
the last two points are going to be restrictions. And I believe that's most uh, one of the most important points, points as well. Restrictions restrict you on what you can do in your land. So if you want to have cows, you better make sure there's nothing restricting you on animals. Mm -hmm. Especially in Wareford, where you're seeing a lot of restrictions in communities. Okay. You're trying to make sure that what you want to do with property is not on you. Uh, so if property says Can you no name some of them? Like, what are some of the examples that you've so, seen out there? It doesn't have to be, you know, if you don't want to call out the town, but if you just want to... So what we're going to see is restriction on animals. Okay. You know, uh, what I've seen is, like, you can only have up to five roosters or up to 20 chickens or not no animals at all uh, in, let's say, on the west side. Okay. Uh, you're seeing restrictions on uh, property size. So oh, basically, okay. you could build uh, the property has to be a minimum of two thousand square feet. The, the masonry has to be sixty percent of the house. Has to have two car garages. For so much, uh, you're basically restricted. On okay. So they're trying to become now like a city. I mean, in, in, well, the town you call, uh, you named, in a lot of the towns surrounding. I mean, it's it's sprawl. It's sprawl. It's going out there. It's, so yeah, at that going at into that, it. Yeah. So at that point. Um, they just want to have more control. They want to be able to grow a bigger tax body. You know, you have 10 acres and you only have 10 homes, or you have 10 acres and you have 100 homes. You know, your tax base goes up. So now your infrastructure, you know, is is being paid through your residents. And also adding on to that, you know, there's a lot of benefit of buying vacant land as well. You know, with especially if this demand of a market, if you have like a good uh, good amount of land. Uh, basically, you'll get developers left to right giving you offers to develop on your land. And maybe there's even a ro royalty deal. That happened to a friend in Boyd, Texas, where he has an 80-acre ranch, just like my grandpa. Okay. Grandpa, And they offered him, I think, like $750,000 just for the property alone. And it's not even a desirable area. They just want to develop a community there. So that's a good way to... You know, like, Buy and hold. Things. Buy and hold. Buy and, Buy and hold. hold. Buy for the future. Buy the drip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, just wanted to touch back too with uh, on the financing. You can do um, on these U.S. on these uh, rural properties because we were talking about that. Uh, you don't necessarily have to come in for you know people that cannot afford but want to move out to the country. Uh, you can buy uh, using um, uh, either on construction. You can buy the land and have the property uh, built with either using with three and a half percent down using FHA. Zero or 100% financing you using USDA or uh, VA. Uh, also, you can buy a home that's already existing, for example, with uh, Fannie Mae up to 10 acres, uh, and you can come in with as little as 5% down as long as it's a farm or non income producing. So, when you're using these agency programs, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, USDA, uh, Freddie Mac, uh, as long as it's not income producing, you can buy a little farm, you can buy a ranch, but again, it's not income producing. So if you're uh, a listener out there and you know you want to move out, but you just don't have the larger down payments or you can't find what you want, you know these are some avenues for you. Yeah, especially touching back on USDA. What we talked outside, uh, basically it's talked about USDA where you could put zero percent down, but then again versus you know like some uh, most of the time we're going to have issues with the LTV, you know, but uh, the uh, loan to debt ratio. Uh, yeah, they're very restrictive with the, very, that very, commercial. Very restrictive. Right. Uh, but talking about zero percent down, I wouldn't recommend specifically anyone 
to do it. I think uh, you know everyone has should have a responsibility to at least have a bit of equity right. in the house. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, every everyone's situation is different. Everyone has their own journey in right. life. For sure. And, uh, and uh, you know, if you're going to do it, do it safely. Right. Know what you're doing. Right. And uh, calculate your finances correctly. Right. Uh, but yeah, USDA loans are an amazing way to go into a house in rural areas. Right. Yes. There's some restrictions where you could be. This uh, restriction on USDA is you has has to be a city lower than 20,000 people, and uh, I believe you know people using that loans are from that area. Right. And if you're not from that area and you're coming from a city to rural, even more benefit to you. You're going to an area where they need income. <laughs> right. Exactly. Where the uh, city needs life. So for sure, y'all could be that person. Right. No, no. <laughs> and you can do the same thing with VA. I mean, you know, you're entitled to to use your your benefits so um yeah so yeah there's so many different benefits for 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 those programs so thank you so much for being here um, yeah man yeah, yeah i think there's a lot of great knowledge you yeah. know to share yeah you know i have a bit more but we'll save it for another time you know <laughs> right right but uh i just want to thank you all for inviting me to this podcast you know it's actually my first podcast so you did great you know I, there's a lot of improvement that could be done but oh, no. you know well We'll save it for next you time. You did awesome. Trust me, man. Me and Sal have been doing it. Well, I've only been doing it a couple of times. I still stutter a lot. And <laughs> we're you just don't okay. let people know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you, you kind of mentioned it already, um, but we appreciate like all the stuff you, you've shared. So, yeah, no, from here, um, I just wanted to say here at the Reba Show, um, or did well, you want? Yeah. What does home ownership mean to you? Um, that's a good question. Like I said again, it's going to be depending on the person. Right. But specifically person, to you. Yeah. To me, if it's a new family member that is going to a building for wealth, I see it as a new beginning for someone. Because I have a lot of people that are coming to me as uh, someone, as a person of trust. So how I see it is just I'm the gateway for them to, uh, to express themselves financially. I have a. I actually have someone who's building the first house through me. I bought the land, or I did comps on their first house. You know, they're coming from, you know, not knowing anything, coming from construction. They want to do something like they've been working for. So, and I have someone uh, coming, to, uh, build, buying up their first property in Hillsboro. You know, that's even great to see. So, what go, rolling back what that means to me, a new start for someone building generational wealth. Fantastic. Yeah, man. The key word is generational wealth, man. You brought it up earlier, and that's that's awesome because you're doing you're a big part of that. So, continue. Uh, cool. Here at the Reba Show, we serve you by providing information about home ownership as you prepare for home ownership or sustain your current home. It's important to us that you have all the information and tools you need to make an informed financial decision. Become a loyal fan of this, the Reba Show. And also, don't forget on October third, we're having our sixth annual benefit golf tournament where we collect funds or gather funds um, uh, to support students that want to go on to college or trade schools or whatever they need to do to get ahead, you know, education-wise. So come out and support us. There's usually about 144 uh, real estate professionals that are out there um, having a great time playing golf or just chatting with everybody. And um, so remember, October 3rd, it's a Monday, so you can go on to our website to register, and that's at Reba, H-R-E-B-A, connect.org, and go to events, and you'll see the uh, registration.
We are the Hispanic Real Estate Brokers Association, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. We've been streaming live on Facebook at The Reba Show. Please follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Reba Show. And Reba, again, is H-R-E-B-A Show. Uh, this episode is available as a podcast on any podcast application or on the Reba Show page or at um, Fishbowl Radio Network, FBRN.us. If you have any specific questions or comments, you can email us at Reba Connect. I'm sorry, uh, Reba Show at rebaconnect.org.